Welcome to Jim Galliano's Building a Better Web Presence podcast. Build something better with less moving parts, less overhead, and less headaches. Hey everyone, this is Jim Galliano. Thanks for joining me for today's podcast episode. So here we are, it is November of 2022. And Thanksgiving is right around the corner, at least if you live here in the United States. And then that's followed by Christmas. And there's that little block of time, that little pocket of time between Christmas and New Year's Day that I find that it's just that time where things slow down just a little bit and you're able to think possibly a little clearer. Nothing is scheduled. Everything seems to be scheduled between that either right before Thanksgiving, during Thanksgiving, and then the weeks that lead up to Christmas. It's it's a stressful time of the year. And speaking of stress, well, before I say anything else, let me just say this. We, at least in my own family, have gone out of our way to remove the stress from the holiday situation. I'm not going to go into all the things that we do, but we really simplified it now because there aren't any small children in the family. So we look at the holiday season a little bit differently than we used to. But uh, speaking about stress, talk, talking about stress, there is just something about, well, there is the world today, of course, all of the obvious things that cause stress in people's lives. But then there's the other side of it, too, where people choose a business type or a business model that basically lends itself to stressful situations. And one of the things that I learned early on in my experience after college, after I got involved in the agency world, when I talk about agencies, I'm talking about marketing agencies, graphic design agencies, right on into the birth of all of these things in the digital world in the 1990s. So I say this because I've more or less lived most of my business life in the digital agency world. And I have to say that this kind of business, this kind of business model is not a good fit for everyone. This is definitely not what you would call a low stress kind of business. And there are times that you will be pushed to your limits. What I mean by that is you just cannot click that mouse button one more time. You're just at the point where for that day, you've had enough. You've juggled multiple projects. You've dealt with people on the phone, through text messaging, in emails. Meanwhile, the rest of your household has maybe gotten, gone on with the day or the night. Maybe they're watching a movie, but you can't watch the movie because you're involved with some type of issues or you're still putting out fires and Sometimes that can be commonplace and it comes, problems come in bundles sometimes when you're in the digital agency world. Whereas if you look at another type of business model, orders come in, there's more of an automated system there. And even if you are selling physical products, there's a certain time of the day where you do certain activities and then you, you more or less close down for the rest of the day. But with the digital agency business, it's not really exactly that way. Because especially if you're a marketing agency, there are a lot of variables that you're dealing with. And those variables change from one client to the next. So you're trying to stay on top of all of these different projects that you have. Now, it's no different if you're handling, let's say, graphic design as an agency. Then you have different versions of the design going back and forth. You have project management. You have deadlines. You have all of that. If you have more of a technical side to your business, managing a server or things like that for another type of agency, some agencies are more 
uh, towards the analytics side and to with things like hosting. I was involved with that also, also with email. And I don't want to overwhelm you with negatives here, but I don't want to paint a picture that is unrealistic. If you're going to have a digital agency kind of business, then you're going to have your fair amount of stress. Now, the thing is, there are other options. And people always say that the grass is greener over on the other side. But I look at it this way. Maybe the grass isn't greener, but I'd like to be close enough to the fence where I can step over and step back from time to time. Just to give you a visual on that, I guess I'm talking about a hybrid type of business where instead of being 100% one thing, you have other funnels of income, other streams of income, other label you want to put on it so that you're not relying maybe 100% on one thing. Think 30, 30, 30, 30, 60, 90, maybe the 10% comes is kind of broken down. 33%, let's say you have three columns, three categories that you make money in. Maybe you do graphic design, 30% of your income comes from that. Maybe you sell information. And when I say sell information, it can be packaged any way you can imagine. Books, digital books, digital courses, video courses, anything like that. Maybe that's another third. And then the final third is coming from something else. What I found is a hybrid type of business model is something that works better for people that aren't going to be happy just doing one thing. Now, I know that if you look at a digital agency, you can say, well, how could you say you're just doing one thing when you have all of these different things going on? I'm just saying that that's a world in and of itself. And sometimes you've had enough of that world. It would almost be like, imagine that you can only watch one kind of show on TV. Imagine that you can only watch mysteries. And that would be the focus of your entertainment going forward. Or science fiction. Or you can pick anything else, romance stories or whatever. As much as you may enjoy that kind of content, that kind of entertainment, after a while, you're going to want to break things up a little bit. And I find that the same thing happens in business. And one of the reasons why I've been able to stay in this world, in the digital business world for over 20 years now, is because I've made sure that I had variety available to me throughout the decades. I made sure that I had other projects other business ideas that I could kind of step into and test. Some people might call them side hustles. And what's beneficial about that is that there are things in the agency world that are not the same today as they were when I first got started. There are things that, and a lot of people figure this out. And when I say the agency world, we're talking about a pretty broad umbrella here because we can look at all different kinds of agencies. But what they all have in common is that the people who are hiring the agency, which in many cases is going to be a small agency with one or two people in it. I mean, we know the, the word agency has a connotation of many people, but the reality is there are a lot of single-person agencies in the digital space today. Some people might just say, well, they're just freelancers or solopreneurs, but they market themselves as agencies. And yes, they hire people on an as-needed basis, so let's not rule that out. It's not like you're limited to just being by yourself. But there's a reason why most people start out doing business without the intention of hiring a team of people. 
There's a reason why many people don't do that on the front end and just wait until they get to the point where they can't grow any further, at least not doing what they're doing, without hiring additional people. Because they don't want to deal with having to manage people. And that's the part most people don't really, I don't think they really give it the attention to that topic that it needs to be given. Because managing people is not easy. Having, holding on to skilled, reliable freelancers is not as easy as the ebooks or some courses may make it seem. Sometimes people say, well, you know, you can just go to Fiverr and have someone do it. And they make it sound simple. But I think you know, if you've ever done any of this before, that when you actually go to do it, it's not always as easy as it sounds each and every time. Sometimes the experience can be really simple. But remember, we're dealing with people. The more people we deal with, the more potential there is for problems, for disagreements, for expectations not being met. I know one of the things that used to just drive me crazy in the early days was that people wanted the, price, the lowest price possible. They set the, their budget as low as humanly possible, but then they wanted the world for that. And of course, one of the ways you get around this is by making sure that you have a contract in place that explicitly states what you're going to do, what you're not going to do, when the work is supposed to be done by, what, what your mile markers are and all of that, and what happens if the person doesn't pay or what happens if the person decides to change their mind midway through the process. You have to have all of that spelled out in, in your contract. And so if you have a contract like that, it eliminates a whole world of problems. Because people know that they can't just come up to you and say, hey, can you do this too and this too? No, nothing happens without a change order, and the change order will change the bottom line. Now, most of the people that I know, freelancers, they already go above and beyond what's expected of them. They want to do a good job. They want to get a good testimonial from the people. They want to be happy. They want this person to come back and use them again and again and again. That's how you build a successful business. But what happens sometimes is these, these individuals are beat down with the prices and they need the money. Now, there's something that, and I don't want to say it's evil, maybe insidious is the word that I'm looking for, but when people that have a comfortable budget find an individual who's really struggling to make ends meet. And this individual may have a lot of talent, but the, the people take advantage of them and they try to get every last, they try to just squeeze every last bit of talent out of that person while paying them the absolute minimum. And then what happens, because the person needs the money so badly, sometimes it's literally to keep the lights on or to put food on the table for another week or to not get evicted out of their apartment or something like that. They take the job, but their attitude towards the business begins to degrade over time. And it's understandable why. I mean, how many times are you going to put yourself in a position where other people are taking advantage of your good nature or your willingness to go above and beyond, and then you're not rewarded adequately for it and you're still barely getting along? What happens then is that a lot of freelancers start cutting corners. They start doing things in a way that if they were paying someone to do the job for them, they wouldn't want that job being done that way. And we can see this all over. In order to get the lowest prices, in order to make the sale, sometimes a company will cut corners. I remember this happened with someone in my family. They were had a budget. They wanted carpeting for their home. 
and the person, the salesperson that was there was trying to sell them uh, the version one and the person in my family didn't have a lot of money and instead they opted for version two. But because the salesperson wanted to get a higher, um, I don't know what, what would you call it, the, a bonus or a commission or whatever it was, we still believe to this day that, and to keep it simple, that basically they paid for version two, but they actually were uh, received version three. So if you look at something being um, quality made, something in the middle and something being cheap, then what I'm basically saying is they paid for in the middle, but they got the cheap instead. And so we see things like this happen a lot where someone's being paid to do something, but because they're not being paid enough, then what they do is they start cutting corners. And one of the things I've learned to do is be honest with people about their budget and about their expectations. And I'm honest with people because I don't want to be put in a situation where I'm doing work for somebody and what I'm, the, what I'm receiving, the return on my investment isn't adequate. So I don't want to be in that position. You shouldn't want to be in that position either. And so one of the things that I've learned over time is to just be honest with people and say, in order to do what you want at the budget that you have, I have to cut corners. I just want to let you know that. I want to be right up front with you about it. Because to do the job 100% is going to take extra time to be able to do. And here's where I'm going to cut the corners. And so the people know right up front, and I've never, I've had people just be honest with me at that point and say, hey, I can't, I'd love to have you do it, but I can't afford to have you do it. And I'm more than willing to give them alternatives to paying me rather than put them in a situation where they're not going to get what they expected because I can't do the job at that rate for that price. So that's something that you have to become comfortable with for yourself, where you have a price point, you explain why your price point is like that, you explain why it's not cheaper, and you explain to make that fit into a lower budget, you would have to eliminate some of the best practices or the things that we would normally include, or cut some corners in order to finish the project within the confines of a lower budget. It's just that simple. And believe it or not, I've never had anyone not understand that when I've been honest and direct with them about it. Now, there are some deeper issues that people who own digital businesses, digital agency style businesses that they face that aren't really talked about as openly as perhaps they should be. I want to address a few of those right now. The first is the issue of income. Income has always been a problem on multiple fronts. First, if you're charging on the higher end of the spectrum, expectations will also be high or higher by extension. People are going to pay a lot. They're going to expect a lot. And agencies, regardless of how they're structured, meaning one person doing the bulk of the work or multiple people, they almost never secure clients for life. If someone's paying thousands of dollars per month, sooner or later, it's almost a guarantee that they'll want to redirect those funds elsewhere to test out other options, especially if we're talking about topics like advertising and marketing. High value clients, also known as people with higher than average budgets, have competitors knocking on their doors, emailing them, calling them all the time. So there's an element of stress there for sure with that type of business. Now on the opposite side of the spectrum, if you're not charging enough, and I say that based on your real life income needs, forget about numbers, just think on your specific real life income needs. And what's going to happen if you're not charging enough is eventually 
You'll get more people or you can get more people, but you'll run out of time to work with the number of businesses that you need to work with. You'll run out of time and you'll be unhappy. You'll be miserable, really, because you're going to be busy, but you're never really that far from being broke. You don't have much room for error when it comes to money. All it's going to take is one large repair bill with something that can set you back for months. That inevitably affects your attitude, which in turn affects your client relationships. There's a point where in my own business, I was working long hours, but I didn't have enough to show for it. And so eventually that affected my attitude, which in turn affected my desire to grow the business, even though I wasn't making enough money at the time. I know there's a lot of people can relate to that too. I increased my prices when the time came because it got to the point where I was going to lose if I didn't. But some of the elements that were creating kind of a hate (laughs) towards the business and managing that kind of business, that was one of the other things that I had struggled with. And people do today, too. I talk to people all the time, and then there's love-hate relationship with whatever it is they're doing, especially business owners. And you think about the fact that people start a business because they have a, an insight, a joy, a knowledge about this overall topic. They see a need. They begin to fill the need. And there's like this romantic notion of being an entrepreneur and having this freedom and being able to choose the kind of lifestyle that you want. And then suddenly the reality hits. And the reality is, is that oftentimes there's things that we didn't take into consideration that are a really bad fit for us. And then we're doing something that we just can't walk away from because it supplies us with at least a certain amount of money that we just can't turn our backs on, but not enough to really get us to where we need to be. So if you're torn, wavering between love and hate with your business, I say you'd fit into about how 90% of the people in your industry are feeling about it right now. I would say that you're right on par with that because considering the fact that on top of all of those things that I mentioned, if you factor in the, uh, the recession and you factor in things like uh, inflation, then we have some problems. So there's an old saying that you know you can't live with them, you can't live without them. And I think that applies to a lot of business owners and how they see their businesses in the world today. Okay, let's talk about solutions now. Most of the time when we talk about solutions in the business sense, we're talking about things like systems, processes, technology, time management, and other things that make managing and growing a business easier. But none of these things really seem to work for the unhappy, burned out individual. And this type of individual is rapidly becoming the majority. That's how it is from my perspective. That's how it is based on what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing, and what I'm not hearing. I'm talking about people who no longer love what it is they do. I'm talking about people who feel trapped. They can't walk away because they need the money, but they're not growing because they can't push themselves to go full steam ahead with things like new systems, processes, technology, and time management, all of the current solutions that are out there. But let me share with you a different approach to solving this uh, increasingly common problem. I'm guessing that it's not, for example, negative people that are making your day miserable. But the amount of time you're required to deal with negative people, that's the problem. For example, if you had a great opportunity, but that opportunity required for you to deal with disgruntled people, let's say two hours a week, it would be a much different situation, a much different scenario than the same opportunity requiring for you to deal with disgruntled people for, let's say, five hours a day. Am I right? So one you could handle, but the other one would probably suck the life out of you. 
Now, if you apply this analogy to, let's say, an agency-styled business, it doesn't make any difference whether you're doing marketing, advertising, social media, ad campaigns, email marketing, any of that. If you apply this to an agency-style business that does any of these things, maybe you as an individual are well-equipped to handle a smaller client load, but not a larger one. Maybe if you look at your current client load or how many clients that you're serving, maybe you're capable of maybe adding another 30% on to the existing number, but really not much beyond that. Definitely not double of what you currently have. And I want you to look at this not as right or wrong, but just as the reality of the situation. People face a similar situation in the offline world who work a part-time job for one business and another part-time job for another business in order to generate a full-time income. If neither company is offering enough hours, that's what most people would do. Some people even go beyond that and get three part-time jobs in order to create a full-time income. Now, from the outside looking in, that's not the optimal situation, but let's consider a similar comparison in the online world. Unlike having two jobs at two different physical locations in the physical world, getting to and from digital jobs, so to speak, in the online world isn't a problem, especially if they're your businesses. For you, maybe it makes more sense to build two or three streams of online income instead of one. And if you're the entrepreneurial type, which you probably are, that will probably be a pretty good fit for you. It will also limit the negatives that you'll have to deal with concerning each particular business because we're talking about part-time focus, part-time activity regarding each stream of income. For example, I know people who love to create content, but they don't want to focus on pursuing a career as an author. I also know people who enjoy making video tutorials, but they don't want to go all out and do that 24-7 just to become a full-time YouTuber. I'm sure there's a lot of things you'd enjoy doing as long as you don't have to live, breathe, and eat that thing 24-7. Now you may be thinking, yes, but what about focus? Well, what about it? If you're talking about the Chinese proverb which says, he who chases two rabbits catches neither, that would apply to multitasking. Because the truth is, we all wear many different hats during the day in and away from the work that we do. Now, for example, if you're a content creator, maybe you dedicate certain days and times within those days to content creation. And during those times, during those set times, you set your phone to do not disturb. Big picture, life is all about moderation, isn't it? I mean, I love seafood, but if that's all I had to eat, I'd probably grow to hate it. Okay, let's start wrapping it up by talking about the challenges that accompany building multiple streams of online income. First, you need a business model, plan, and strategy that doesn't require much in the way of hands-on effort. Yes, in the beginning, it's unavoidable because that's where the initial planning and all the implementation takes place. But when you're looking at the long term, which of course would include growth, the best plan will always be the one that accounts for your personal preferences and the fact that you're just one person. It's easy to believe that you're capable of doing more than you're actually capable of doing. I think that if you really think about that, it's not hard to believe that. Next, as you move forward, consider scheduling your ongoing activities much like a content creator might. In other words, if you think you'll need five hours a month to do solid work, on income stream number two. I'm just picking that number out of the air. Maybe you need to schedule that time in such a way that you actually are working those five hours 
within a set schedule each and every month on that part of the business. So maybe you put in an hour in day number one during week number two, and then you put in another hour during day number two in week number two. You get what I'm talking about. So maybe we look at the beginning of the month and we say, oh, that's, you know, that's kind of busy that time of the month. I know the beginning of the month is always busy for me, bookkeeping and that kind of thing. Whereas I might look at week number two and say, okay, on Monday, I'll dedicate an hour or two hours to this part of the business income stream number two. And then on Tuesday, I'll do the same until I have my five or six hours in. And where I came up with this five or six hour type of strategy is you can get a lot done if you're really focused and you're really working for five or six hours on anything consistently, whether it's once a month or once a week or whatever you set for yourself. And if you maintain executive level clients that have higher than average expectations and they're paying you a premium amount for that service, then you want to make sure that you're giving them your very best each and every month. And I find the only way I can do that consistently is if I schedule the time where I know that on a certain day. Now, of course, things happen. Schedules get mixed up or things go wrong and you have to reschedule things. But the bottom line is you want to make sure you give what you need to give each and every month because it becomes very easy to begin to put things on the back burner. And next thing you know, another week is gone and the thing still isn't done. So you have that accountability if you're doing the work for someone else and you need to create that same accountability, but for yourself when you're doing the work for your own projects, especially when we're talking about building another stream of online income, especially when we're talking about that multiple streams of online income. So just maybe consider doing that if you haven't been able to do something like this successfully uh, in the past. One of the things I enjoy using now, I'm I'm still trying to sort of get in the habit of using it as a timer because I notice sometimes what I'll do is I'll look at the clock and I'll, I know that the next half hour is dedicated to doing whatever project I'm doing or the next hour. But then sometimes I'll get, I'll get up and I'll get a drink or I'll make something to eat and I'm losing time. But with a timer, I always put it on pause. So I make sure I get a whole solid hour in of work. Just something to consider. There's so many different timers out there now. I know a lot of the new uh, content management systems, they have timers, or you can just get a simple desktop timer, or you can just use your, your cell phone if you want to do it that way. Just remember that if you get up to do something, put it on pause, uh, unless you know, you're doing something that's going to take like 10 or 15 seconds, but y- you know where I'm coming from. All right, so now again, it is true that you can always work whenever you feel like working, and there will be times that it's just not in you to do the work on that day. And so you may have to reschedule something. But again, if you don't keep yourself accountable, who will? Now, it's much easier when you're disciplined doing someone else's projects than when you're doing your own. Now, over the years, I've built multiple streams of online income for myself. And I didn't do it in a very disciplined way. I did it in such a way that when I had these bursts of energy, I would focus on a project And uh, what I discovered is, is that whenever I do something new, there's a certain energy present that I really enjoy. And that dissipates as the project goes on when we really have to dig in and do the more difficult part of the job. But much like a piece of software where you see the initial version released 1.0 and then maybe there's an update 1.1 or a major update to 2.0, 
I found that when you're trying to build multiple streams of online income, it's very much like that, where you start the project, you get it out there, you get a little bit of feedback, and then you go back to the drawing board and you make some adjustments and you put it out there again. <clears throat> and usually, most of the time, it takes... Now, we're talking about business income. We're not talking about a one-off. Um, we're talking about consistent business income. That's what I mean by multiple streams of online income. Recurring income that's there for you each and every month. Usually, it takes... Several, I guess, iterations would be the right word for it, of that project before it's consistently making money on an ongoing basis. And a lot of people never get to, you know, version three or version four because they give up when things don't turn out the way they want after just a few months or they put sporadic effort into making it a little bit uh, better, making improvements. And I understand that also. That's why I said if you're just one person, and you're, or you're the main person, then sometimes you just have to schedule the work or else it just won't get done. You'll just keep putting it off and putting it off. So I notice for myself, I usually have to upgrade parts of whatever it is that I've built before I start seeing results. And I've also noticed that some things grow slower than we'd like them to in the online world, but they're still growing. So even if it's just slow growth, don't uh, look at that and just say, well, this isn't w worth my time. Because if you stay with it, it will continue to grow. And it's just like anything else. If you looked at a graph, you don't see a straight line going up. Usually you see ups and downs and you see dry cycles. And then eventually you see a successful one where you break through whatever ceiling it was uh, that you've been hitting. And the nice thing about this is that you can also grow these um, income streams organically. In other words, you're not investing paid ads. You're not investing in um, any type of paid marketing. You're just doing what you're doing. And but just by reason of time and somewhat of a sustained effort, even if you're not giving it 100%, I've, I've had things that have grown um, surprisingly well. And of course, on the other side of the scale, I've had things that fail. So you really don't know what's going to happen until something's been out there for, and I, I would say several years. You have to give things time today because we're not in the early days of the internet anymore. There's all kinds of things going on that will cause people to notice you uh, later than maybe they would have in the past because, again, there's so many things that pull at people's attention. And, and you know, of course, some things do flop. Let's just be realistic about it. But the beauty of something in the online world is that it re doesn't require tens of thousands of dollars to get a new business income stream off the ground or to even start a new online business compared to what it would cost if you did all of these things in the offline world. So when it comes to online business, you truly do have the opportunity to strike the balance between doing something that you really enjoy and generating the kind of income that you'll need to take care of yourself and your family going down the road. All right, I think that's about all for today. Uh, today's episode was brought to you. I didn't say this earlier on like I usually do, but today's episode was brought to you by the Digital Strategist Newsletter. It's available for you at jimsnewsletter.com and onetomanysystem.com. This is the marketing system that I am full 100% behind going forward into the future. It's what I teach my one-on-one -on -one clients, and it's what you can use to transform 
and grow what may have been up until now a service-based business that you've been operating. So when you're ready to scale your business, really dig in, learn what's there at onetomanysystem.com. And there's a free gift for you if you wait to the end of that training and you can take advantage of it still. I think I'll have that offer available until I would say at least the end of November and then that will be changed. So if you haven't done it already, go ahead, go to onetomanysystem.com and check that out for yourself. All right, that's it for today. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you think it will help a friend, please go ahead and share the episode link with them or send them to jimgalliano.com forward slash podcast. All the back episodes are available there. Thanks again for listening. Have a great rest of your week and I'll talk to you later. Bye.